Hey, everybody, welcome to the Be Healed podcast, where we aim to equip you with the knowledge of God's word so you can experience the healing promises of God. Listen, they are real and they are for today. I'm Steve Hannett, your host, and I want the whole world to know that Jesus Christ is our Savior, our Deliverer, and our Healer. Now, I need you to get ready because you're about to be encouraged with a miraculous story with a special guest. Her name is Angela Atkins, and Angela is a speaker. She's a writer. She's a certified biblical health coach, mentor, and a leader. Now, Angela is also a victim of a very, very serious DUI crash. And we're about to hear a story about steadfast faith and about the miracles that began to uh, uh, just break out in her body uh, through this experience. And I know that it's going to be a blessing to you, anyone who has ever suffered with anything, going through a sickness, going through a disease. God has taught Angela keys and things about healing that are going to bless you. She's also the author of a book called The Miracle Road, and it describes this story and has some awesome and amazing teaching in it. So, Angela, I want to welcome you to the Be Healed podcast today. It is great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here to share my story with everyone. Amen. Now, now I, I want I want people to know the the traumatic event that took place because uh, in 1987, your your family's car was was struck uh, on a head on uh, collision, and uh, I just want you to take us back uh, to that autumn evening uh, in 1987, and uh, that was just two weeks before your 15th birthday. So. Uh, bring us in. Tell us, Angela, what what happened on that night? Well, it was on a Wednesday night and my family and I were coming home from church uh, where our church was. It took us about an hour to get home. And we were on the two lane highway. And I remember leaning my head against the window and falling asleep. And after that, I saw bright light and I heard mom yelling my name from a distance. Like, um, when you're a child and you're outside playing and your mom calls you back in for dinner, she's like, she's calling me back. I didn't know what could happen. Dad said he could tell you detail by detail everything that happened, but it happened so fast he couldn't do anything to prevent it. He noticed a car heading in our direction on the two-lane highway, and he couldn't tell. He was on the shoulder of the road, and Dad thought maybe he was turning down a driveway or a side road when the car swerved heading straight for us. Dad swerved to avoid a head-on collision, and the car swerved again, that time hitting the front of the passenger side and going all the way down the passenger side of the car, which I was on the passenger side in the back seat. The impact was so hard that it knocked us into the field on the other side of the street, and when the car finally stopped, we landed between a propane gas tank and a tree. And we had wow. less than a foot on either side. And the impact was so hard that it knocked both driver's side doors open. Uh, when the car finally stopped, dad was checking on mom. And my sister was trying to get me up. because She had fallen asleep, too. But the impact woke her up. Whereas for me, she couldn't get me to respond at all. Smacking me in the face. Angela, get up. Get up. The car stopped. No response. 
She said she looked at my chest and I was not breathing. And all of a sudden she started screaming and dad gets out of the car and Renee gets out and dad gets in to the back seat with me trying to get me to respond. Angela, please answer daddy. Please answer me. Couldn't get a response. So then different things transpired where he ran out to the street screaming uh, for someone to call for an ambulance. And they come out, people were coming out within a one mile radius that they had heard the impact of the crash. And they were gathered around him to see if he was okay. He had blood running down his face. And he turned around and he saw the driver, didn't know he was drunk at that moment, saw him leaning into the car, getting ready to try to give me mouth to mouth. Dad thought I was already dead and was very upset, runs over and pulls him off me and says, leave my daughter alone. He's holding close and that's when he smelled the alcohol and he let him go he said you're drunk and then of course dad being a preacher and a pastor started preaching to him on the side of the road and was telling him he needed God then left him standing there while everybody else was gathering around the car and he got back in with me mom was pinned in the car but she managed to turn around just enough so she could see me And they started praying. They started calling out to God. Um, God, you gave her to us. Please don't let her die. Please don't let her die. And just pleading. And all of a sudden, they felt the Holy Spirit fill the car. And my sister described what it was like on the outside of the car. This was in Mississippi. It was in the fall. And there wasn't much wind. And it was still a little warm. Um, She said that all of a sudden, a gush of air went by. And a lady standing by her asked her, said, did you feel that? And she said, the car, the car started shaking. And then all of a sudden I started breathing. Again. Wow. So, wow. So this is an amazing thing. So when, when that air and that, that wind uh, and, and that prayer happened, all of a sudden you get supernaturally resuscitated. Wow. Exactly. And that's how they described it. It was like all of a sudden breath just entered my body again like a gush of air. Like when you were a kid, if you've had the wind knocked out of you as a child and all of a sudden you have that gush of air, they said that's what it was like. All of a sudden breath entered my body again. So when they came, though God had literally brought life back into you in that moment, uh, the journey isn't over though, um, because you've described that they had to life flight you out uh, to a hospital. Um, Tell us what were the injuries? What were the the extent of the injuries in your body at that time still? Um, well, when the doctor came out, he said, I have good news and bad news. Um, he told my dad there was um, no life-threatening situation at the moment, but if they had to do emergency surgery, it would be life-threatening because I had lost so much blood. He said, my right collarbone was broken. My left hip was dislocated. My pelvis was fractured in six places. And my back was broken in the T12 L1 level, which is the mid low part of your back. And at the time, I was paralyzed from the waist down. And so my dad looked at him and he said, well, can you give me a 50-50 chance that she would walk again? And the doctor said, no. He said, the best I can give you is a one out of 10. And that's a 10% chance. Well, dad just looked him straight in the eyes and he said, you don't know the God I serve. Wow. He grabbed a hold of faith that I was not going to, because he, the doctor was describing that I'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, paraplegic for the rest of my life. 
And dad was saying, no, we're not accepting that. And um, he said, of course, the doctor looked at him like he was crazy, uh, but he was standing on faith then. The recovery process was uh, tough. You know, it was a nightmare that I wouldn't wish on anyone. But at the same time, when I look back at it, I see that Jesus was carrying me through it. I don't even know how I could have made it without him. The moment that at the time that I realized I was paralyzed was a nightmare. But dad stood by my side and he said, Angela, you know, the Bible says that where any two agree touching any one thing, it shall be done. He said, do you believe that you're going to be well, that you're going to come out of this? And I said, yes. So he grabbed my hand and we started praying. So we grabbed a hold of faith immediately that God was going to bring me out of this. And in fact, mm-hmm. that God gave dad the scripture, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So we grabbed a hold of that, that this thing that happened, God is going, was going to, and he did turn it around for my good and for his glory. Amen. Powerful. Let me ask you this question. Your dad is a pastor and a preacher, you said. And literally, I mean, right now, what I absolutely love about this account is that from the very beginning of them seeing you lifeless and without life, without breath in your lungs, they respond to this trouble with immediate prayer and a supplication to the Lord. And then you went from lifelessness to life. And now they tell you that you're now in a state of paralysis and your dad refuses that news, makes a declaration that you don't know the God that I serve. What a powerful, powerful thing. And then it sounds like he's going into your room and he's asking you to get into agreement with what God is saying in his word. The Bible actually says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, um, about agreement. It says, uh, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, that's Jesus Christ saying that. He's saying, if, if two of you agree on earth, now the word agreement there in Greek uh, comes from the root word uh, symphoneo, uh, which is uh, like a symphony being in agreement. So it's looking like your dad is bringing you or seeing, are you in agreement with what God is saying? And I just feel that this is such a powerful point that we've got to tell everybody listening that even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of bad news, even in the midst of something that just is so horrendous, like seeing your daughter lifeless in a car, losing blood with no air, and you pray because you believe, and then getting news that you're now paralyzed, you've got multiple fractures throughout your whole body, you've lost a lot of blood. I mean, the trauma of even a dad seeing that, a mom seeing that has got to be so intense Yet he refuses to give in and and he says, we're going to get in agreement for God making declaration that 
this is going to end with glory, that it's going to end with goodness. Folks, I, I just got to celebrate that most people don't react that way. And Angela, do you ever feel like my goodness, my dad, his faith, him knowing the word uh, has been a gift to, to my life, that it saved my life in that moment? It, yes, absolutely. And in that, he also taught me how to stand in faith and how to stand on the word of God and know that what God said is true and will come to pass when we believe and we agree with this word. I love it. And we have to build a tenacity with this. We have to build a, um, a faith like Abraham that says, I consider not what the doctor said. I consider not what Sarah's womb is like. I consider not my age. I consider not what's broken. I consider what God says in his word, wholly and completely uh, given to say, yes, Lord, I am in agreement. Let me shift here and ask you, because, um, you know, the road to recovery must have been, like you said, uh, you know, the pain, the, the, the mental anguish. But you describe that something happened uh, when they compared x-rays, that, that something was supernaturally restored in your back. Let's, let's listen to tell us, bring us into that moment of what, what was this miracle that now took place? And there were other moments too, where God showed himself to the hospital staff and amazed them. But this particular time I'd already had one back surgery where they had, I had a crushed vertebrae from the injury and they went in and did bone grafts and put rods in my back and was uh, going to take some of the crushed vertebrae out and repair it with the, um, with the bone graft. Well, they sent me to Chicago for rehabilitation and there they did a myelogram, see how my back healing and everything. And that myelogram showed that uh, there was not enough bone graft and there was bone missing in my back. And the doctor come in and told me that, and this was a different doctor, he said that my back was collapsed that everything I had gained at that moment, by that moment, I was already moving my legs and already working towards independence again. And he said that my back was going to collapse because of the bone that was missing. And he said the rods that were in my back would break through my skin. And then he said that everything I had gained, I would lose. In other words, telling me I would be paralyzed again. Mm. When he walked out of the room, mom was there with me. She went with me to Chicago. Dad stayed in Mississippi for work, um, but I just broke down and started crying. And all Mom could do was hold me and cry with. Me. So after we could uh, regain our composure, the first thing we did was call Dad, and I told him what the doctor had said. And he said, "Well, Angela, he said, you know that God can heal your back completely, and another knife not ever have to touch your back except for to take the rods out." And I said, "Yeah, I know." And he said, but if they had to do the surgery, God would be with the doctor and uh, protect you. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want another back surgery because the doctor wanted to do more bone graft, take more bone on my hip, which recovery from that was painful as well. And he wanted to take a rib out and do more bone graft and then put smaller rods in and longer recovery. And I said, I don't want to go through that. You know, I want God to heal me. So he said, tell the doctor to call me. So the doctor called him, told him everything he had told us. And dad said, 
can you send that to me in writing? The reason why he said that is dad was preparing for a miracle. Wow. So the doctor said, I'm going to send Angela home for three weeks. It's the first time I got to go home since the crash. He said, then when she comes back, I want you to come with her. I'm going to show you the x-rays and we're going to schedule her surgery. So he sent me home. And while I was home, we attended a revival. And at this time, even though I started moving my legs, I was still in a wheelchair at the time. So in that revival, when you went in, you could feel the presence of the Lord. At the end of service, dad rolled me up to the front for prayer. And all the young people of the church gathered around me, started praying for me. And they took my hands and got me up out of the wheelchair and was walking me around the pulpit and praying. And one of my friends was at my side pointing to saying, Jesus, Jesus. After that, after the prayer, dad stood up and he said, while y'all were praying for Angela, God showed me an x-ray vision of her back. And he said, God said, I made her back. I can put that bone back in place. And he said, in that x-ray vision, he saw the bone going back into place. He said, I believe that's what happened tonight. So when the time come for us to go back and dad went with us, they did another x-ray in my back. And I said, well, I've seen x-ray, all the x-rays and models in my back. So I said, dad, you can go over and look at the x-rays. So dad was sitting, I was laying on a table where they checked my reflexes and dad was sitting and watching the doctors across the hall, but he didn't say anything to me yet. And then the nurse came in and said, okay, Mr. Hicks, they're ready for you and called him over. And then the nurse come back in and she was fidgeting with stuff. And then she said, I'm just going to let your dad tell you the good news. And then she walked out. So I'm laying on the table and I said, good news. What good news? And then I just lifted my hands and started praising God because I already knew (laughs) what the good news was. And he said, he come back in. He said, well, when he was sitting there, he was watching. The main doctor first walked in and looked at my x-ray and said he had a puzzled look on his face. And he went from one angle to the other, except for standing on his head. He went out and got another doctor. Then they got another doctor. He said the room was full of doctors looking at my x-rays puzzle. So when they called him over, they said, well, Mr. Hicks, you know, we said that Angela was going to need another back surgery. He said, well, surgery is not necessary now. And dad knew the answer, but he wanted the doctors to admit it. He said, what about that bone you said was missing? And he said, well, it's there now. And he pointed to the old x-ray where it wasn't and the new x-ray where it was. Oh, we don't need to do surgery. (laughs) So powerful. So God actually did the creative miracle. And again, you know, your dad said, Angela, you know, God can do this. Then you agreed with God and said, I don't want that other surgery. I want my miracle. People go ahead and pray for you. And God gave it to you. I mean, Angela, this is so powerful because. It's a testimony that you and your dad agreed with God. I mean, this is highlighting the power of Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. I'm going to read it again. It says, Jesus said, it says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. I mean, it's so powerful because you agreed and God is doing it. I want everybody listening right now. I want to declare you need to disagree with the devil. You need to disagree with diagnoses. 
You need to disagree with pain. You need to disagree with symptoms. You need to disagree with everything that is against your healing. And you need to agree with the miracle working creative God. I mean, I'm just so encouraged and I pray you are too, because, you know, even in that state, and then they say, you're going to go backward. And then you say, no, that's not happening. And God puts and creates a bone in your back. I, I tell you, it's so powerful. Uh, I want I, to I ask you something because I, and, and I'm going to kind of shift gears in our conversation because there's something about your story that I think is worth bringing out right now. It's the fact that this was a DUI, that this was a drunk driver that created this travesty. And again, amazing testimony that your dad is ministering to him on the side of the road. But a lot of people would forever be blaming and have anger toward the individual for making a free will decision to get behind a wheel intoxicated. Did the Lord have to bring you through a, a process of forgiving him? And was that part of your miracle road toward healing? It sure was. And uh, I had found that there is healing and forgiveness as well. Um, a preacher had come up and told me that he, after he got out of jail, he had been to four bars that night. Um, he had passed out behind the wheel, didn't see us till he hit us. He didn't have license due to previous offenses. Our crash was the fourth or fifth offense. In fact, the police officer was so angry at what he had done when he arrested him, he just shook him and put him in the car and told him not to move a muscle. So after his parents bailed him out of jail, the first thing he did was went to a preacher's house, told him he needed God, he needed to get saved, and he got saved that night. Um, then later, he wanted to come up to the hospital to apologize to me in person. And at first, I didn't think that I could see him. Um, and the nurses put a sign up on the door that all visitors check the nurse's station uh, so that they could turn him away. But one day I told him to just take the sign down. The same day they took the sign down, he came in and I realized it was him. I didn't remember him from the crash because I was out of it, but I knew it was him because first his the preacher walked in and then his parents walked in who had actually come and visited me a little bit before that. And then when I realized it him, my eyes went straight to the wall in front of me and I couldn't look at him, but I could see out of the corner of my eye and everything as he walked around the foot of my bed and come and stood on my left side. And he said, Angela, I am so sorry for what I did to you. I just want to know if you'll forgive me. And dad and I had already had the conversation about the importance of forgiveness and what Jesus went through for us. And even when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not, they know not what they do. So if he can forgive those that were crucifying him, we are to forgive those that hurt us. Um, so we had already talked about that. So when he asked me to forgive him, I said, yes. I still couldn't look at him at the time, you know, because I was still healing and processing it. But I knew deep down in my heart, I would and I have forgiven him as God is still healing. And God continued to heal me through that. But I definitely did forgive him. It's so powerful. And this is something that Jesus Christ um, describes that if, if he forgives us, we need to forgive others. 
And it's so powerful because this is the work of the gospel, isn't it? Um, that, that there is healing and he, he forgiveness um, is a highway toward healing forgiveness and releasing people and, uh, and, and, and extending that grace to others is um, a, a lot of people don't know it. It literally releases uh, the anointing and the healing power of God. And even in the Lord's prayer, right? It, it says that we forgive those who have trespassed against us. It's right there in what Jesus said in, in the Lord's prayer. It's so front and center. And uh, again, praise God that you were already being led through that process of forgiving him. And I also want to talk to those who have maybe committed uh, the act of driving while intoxicated. Uh, maybe you've been arrested. Maybe you've never uh, been arrested. Maybe you were never caught. Hey, would this be a, uh, a good time to really make a declaration to the Lord that says, God, no more. God, I, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Lord, I, and, and Lord, I need your forgiveness for, for maybe doing such a thing because the Lord has forgiveness. And, and this is the way Jesus is, right, Angela? He has forgiveness for both the one who commits the offense and the one who is wronged. He has forgiveness for both the one who is committing the sin and the one who is being hurt by that sin. That's the goodness of the cross. Um, and, you know, we all make mistakes, but there's a time in which we have to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I need your forgiveness and I need to change my mind about how I'm going to live and what I'm going to do. Angela, I, I want to um, have you pray for, uh, for the folks. I want you to help them speak to the mountain to make declaration that they can have the faith of God. Before we do that, though, I want to just talk about your book. Um, you've got uh, a, a wonderful book. I, I had the honor of um, reading this book and um, writing an endorsement for it. And it's called Miracle Road, A True Story of Faith for Healing and Restoration. And this book is going into a lot more detail, guys. It is going into a detail, not only about what happened, because the more you learn about what happened, you see that it required steadfast faith. It, it, it means immovable faith. It means faith that is unshaken. And you've got to read the, the details of the story. They, they literally referred to Angela as the miracle girl and would say things like, it's phenomenal as they're reading her chart, that step by step, God was showing that he is faithful. And in addition to that, Angela, I, I know that you have teaching in this book from the word of God that, that's helping to equip other people. So it's not just a story, but it's a story with a teaching to help us. Um, Angela, how could people get a hold of, of this book, Miracle Road? What's the easiest way for them to do that? The easiest way would be to go to my website to AngelaAdkins.org. And it'll take you straight to Amazon to purchase my book there. Um, that would be the quickest and easiest way to purchase my book and to connect with me on all my social media sites and everything. Okay, wonderful. Just can you repeat the, the website for those who may have missed it the first time? Yes, it's AngelaAdkins.org. All right, great. 
And, uh, you know, for those who don't know, Angela is part of our Every House Network family. And uh, we're honored to have her. And I know her heart. And I know she'd be willing to pray. And if you have been through something, I want you to be able to also uh, email us uh, your prayer request at everyhousenow.org. And I know that Angela would be honored to lift you up personally in prayer. Uh, And this is why this podcast is here, because we don't just want to just shout out um, teaching. We want to be able to engage with you, hear from you, uh, build relationship with you. And these kinds of podcasts are building a bridge between us and you, wherever you are in the world. Um, and if you're able to uh, uh, write us and, and, and share your story, your testimony, or your prayer need, uh, we'll be praying for you uh, for that. So, Angela, with that, why don't you go ahead and just pray a prayer of declaration and faith over those who uh, need a touch from God right now? Father God, we thank you that you are almighty God, that you are worthy of all praise. We thank you for the blood that Jesus shed for our salvation and for our healing. And we come to you today for anyone that is in need for healing in their body. We know that by Jesus' stripes, that healing belongs to us. And I stand for each one that is in need of healing, Lord, that you move in their body and whatever they, whatever is going on in their body, Lord, that you heal and that you restore because we know that it is your good pleasure to do this. And we know that it is your will. And we thank you and we praise you and we call it done now that each one in need that comes into agreement and believes that by Jesus' stripes, they were healed, they are healed. And we stand on that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for being on the Be Healed podcast. And I want to invite anybody, if this is your first time joining the podcast, I want to encourage you to follow the podcast and make sure you share it with a friend. And hey, guys, why don't you text HEALING right now, grab your phone, text HEALING to 94000, and you're going to receive a free gift from our ministry to you. We love you. Praise God for all his faithfulness. And may we have steadfast faith in his word, his promises, and in the son of God, Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House. 
a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.